0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to Lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
1: And uh, uh, good morning. Um, that is merely a, you know, a, a phrase that we use upon greeting. Um, it is not a good morning, and I um, I have wondered what in heaven's name I can possibly say. Um, I am I I am first. Well, okay. You know what? I just I just read something. I, first of all, somebody told me something the other day. I'm sorry. I'm obviously getting – there's so many thoughts in my head. Forgive me. Um, just to be clear, this is a June 1st, 2020 broadcast of uh, Lynn Cullen still live in the midst of uh, uh, the horror that is the United States of America at this point in time. Um, I, I just saw this before we went on and I, and I thought it so eloquent. And I also had been told this weekend by a friend that, uh, she had said that so many white people who are, um, on the side of black america and want somehow to find a way out of of this i don't know this horror of racism that has that has kept us from being what we would like to think we were. Um, I, what do we say? What? Do we, what is white, a white person's job right now? And, and somebody, say, and I, I heard somebody say, oh, I'm so embarrassed to be white. I'm afraid to be white. I figure every, and I'm thinking, you know what, this is what we got to stop. It doesn't matter, you know. You, you can apologize till you're blue in the face. You can say, I mean, I personally didn't, but blah, 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 blah. White people need to shut up. When it comes to this issue of racism, white people can talk to white people, but don't be talking to black people about it. We got no standing is all I want to say. None, none, shut the F up. I have been seeking out as many black voices as I can. I just came upon something. Uh, that I would like to share with you. I mean, there's a million things I want to share with you, but I found this particularly eloquent, as he often is, and that is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, who is, uh, Well, let me just read his words. There's no reason for me to. He wrote an opinion piece uh, that was carried in the LA Times and i'm not i just want to share some of it with you because this is the kind of information white people need to take time shut up and listen to and try to take in and incorporate And if they're going to repeat it to anybody, they repeat it to other white people. He said this, African-Americans have been living in a burning building for many years, choking on the smoke as the flames burn closer and closer. Racism in America is like dust in the air. It seems invisible, even if you're choking on it, until you let the sun in. Then, then you see it's everywhere. I'm going to skip around. The black community is used to the institutional racism inherent in education, the justice system, and jobs. And even though we do all the conventional things to raise public and political awareness, we write articulate and insightful pieces in The Atlantic, we explain the continued devastation on CNN, We support candidates who promise change, and the needle hardly budges. So, maybe the black community's main concern right now isn't whether protesters are standing three or six feet apart or whether a few desperate souls steal some t-shirts or even set a police station on fire but whether their sons husbands brothers and fathers will be murdered by cops or wannabe cops just for going on a walk or a jog or a drive or whether being black means sheltering at home for the rest of their lives because the racism virus infecting the country is more deadly than COVID-19. He goes on to say that the black community is pushed, to the edge pushed to the edge and not because they're not in the streets because they want bars and nail salons open but because they want to live to breathe so what you see Jabbar says When you see black protesters, depends on whether you are living in that burning building or watching it on TV with a bowl of corn chips in your lap, waiting for NCIS to start. What I want to see is not a rush to judgment, but a rush to justice. Martin Luther King who of course preached nonviolence understood why protest can turn violent and he said Before, of course, his violent death at the hands of white people, he said, A riot is the language of the unheard. Do you hear us now? One of the things that um, I thought about this weekend, and I I see now that I was not alone, I see some opinion writer uh, having had the same thought. When Donald Trump was inaugurated that horrible day, I watched and I listened to his Bizarre inaugural address. And there was a line in it which I rem- just like turned my head around. I thought I didn't even comprehend what he was talking about. I was, I don't remember the whole thought, if there even was a coherent thought. But do you remember, and of course you do, because it was so bizarre. Do you remember him at his inauguration talking about American carnage? What was he referring to? We sure as hell have it now. But what was he referring to? I could think of some things where you could say American carnage. I could think of slavery. I could think of the practical annihilation of Native Americans, the trail of tears. I can think of lots of carnage in this country and most of it racist. what the hell was he talking about? So I, um, I'm not sure what to say. Let me give you another, again, I feel like If anyone wants to call, I really any African American black voice uh, would be more welcome. Seriously. Um, Also, something I read by uh, Roxane Gay, and she talks about (laughs) about the deja vu aspect of this, oh, another, oh, uh, got a protest, oh, a new hashtag, oh, a new name to learn, oh, blah, oh, this, oh, people, everybody knows the right things that say, The, you know, and then it just, of course, returns to exactly where it was. I'm just going to read her last three paragraphs. When I warned in 2018 that no one was coming to save us, I wrote that I was tired of comfortable lies. I'm even more exhausted now. Like many black people, I am furious and fed up, but that doesn't matter at all. I write similar things about different black lives lost over and over and over. I tell myself I am done with this subject. Then something so horrific happens that I know I must say something, even though I know that the people who truly need to be moved are immovable. They don't care about black lives. They don't care about anyone's lives. They won't even wear masks to mitigate a virus for which there's no cure. Eventually doctors will find a coronavirus vaccine, but black people will continue to wait despite the futility of hope for a cure for racism. We will live with the knowledge that a hashtag is not a vaccine for white supremacy. We live with the knowledge that still no one is coming to save us. The rest of the world yearns to get back to normal. For black people, normal is the very thing from which we yearn to be free. Um, I can share with you some random thoughts um in in my head that's all i'm good for at at the moment i'm very nervous and anxious my son and his girlfriend who is black is we're at the demonstration downtown saturday And they are going to another today. He called right right before the show to tell me because he was supposed to come over. They were supposed to come over for dinner. And he said, Mom, I don't know if I'll be able to get there. And things he witnessed on Saturday clearly have changed him. He was never a very political person. He paid attention, but I never saw him as much of an activist. Well, he's an activist now, and I'm scared. He was tear gassed on Saturday. He saw things that he was stunned by. He said his intent is to try to help people, other people who might get hurt or something. I don't know. What do I know? I'm just a nervous mom now. And I certainly can't tell him to stay away I'm proud of him, but I'm scared. These police all over this country are terrifying. The militarization of police departments that's occurred in the last, what, 20, 30 years has has made them even more dangerous. They got toys they like to use. We're a country that can outfit every podunk police department with tanks and all manner of bullets. Lethal, semi-lethal bullets that like that, that, that bullets that kill, bullets that maim, bullets that sting, bullets that I have paint in them. Bullets with I, I don't know. I I don't even. Every time I hear of another weapon deployed, who the hell? The cops in so many of these instances have been escalating. The cops in many of these instances actually have undercover people with the demonstrators, and they're pushing them into acts where they then are in danger, the black protesters. Quite clearly happened in Minneapolis. What you see is not necessarily what is. And now that everyone is masked, you don't have a clue who the provocateurs are. If we're to believe every mayor of every city and every police chief of every city, they're all from someplace else. None of them. Are homegrown they spring uh you know out of the earth, fully formed, but it is clear in video that you see from city to city that much of the violence the provocative violence is being done by white people with black people desperately trying to stop it. There is an extremely compelling picture from Pittsburgh where the photographer from one of our television stations was being attacked and a black woman throws herself in between the attacker and and the photographer those attackers the guys that are attacking media reporters journalists do you think they're on the side of the black people No, they are people who've swallowed the Trumpian line that media is the enemy of the people. They're trying to make sure that their provocations don't get filmed. There are deliberate attacks on journalists going on, also by the police. I have never seen reporters targeted like they have been in these, in these demonstrations. The pictures of cops in New York driving their vehicles directly into peaceful protesters. Knocking down old people with canes. Shooting some kind of projectile at, at people sitting on their front porches doing nothing. Our police departments. are rotten, there's something rotten, sometimes at the core of them, sometimes left to sort of fester in little corners, but not ever are they eradicated, these horrible, murderous, racist cops. I think I told you last week I have an ongoing back and forth with my son who says all cops, all cops are bad. He thinks there's not a cop. And I keep telling him, obviously, that is not true. But it's harder and harder for me to stick up on my side when so few cops are willing, have the courage to turn in their racist, murderous brothers or who stand by like the three in Minneapolis. To see these cops and their batons and their tear gas and their rubber bullets and their... I. It, uh, I have also seen, and I've sent these videos to my son, who acknowledge them, a few cops here and there doing the right thing. Maybe you've seen them, the sheriff in Flint, Michigan, taking off his helm, taking off anything that he had that looked, that made him look like a warrior telling his men to drop their batons, asking the protesters, what can I do? What can I do? And they say, walk with us. And he does. He goes off arm in arm with them. There's a cop who's trying. There've been cops who have knelt with demonstrators but far too few we are at such a dangerous time we are in such dire straits and We are leaderless, or even worse, we have a leader who, well, I don't have to go there, but he clearly aligns himself not with the people, but with the provocateurs. He being one of the major provocateurs. Our nation has never had any, any chief executive as loathsome and dangerous as this one. Classic bully. Classic frightened little man. You know... Who could not, who could not contrast uh, what we saw when white protesters screaming, their faces contorted in rage, with camo on and and weapons of mass destruction slung on their shoulders, marching right in to legislative chambers in an act of overt threat and intimidation, and not a finger is laid on them. It is so clear, as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said. Yeah, this stuff is like dust in the air. We don't even realize it. We don't see it. And then bang, a ray of sunlight comes shining through. And you see the extent. Any American who says a sentence, I'm talking about white people here, anyone who says something like, well, I understand why they're, but if there is an initial phrase of some sympathy and or understanding, and then that is followed with a I hate to tell him. you're a racist. As a matter of fact, I suspect most of us are. Most of us are. Some have a mild case. Some have a truly lethal dosage of it. But it is damn hard to live and to have been born into, been educated in, and lived for your entire life in this nation and not have that racist virus in your body. It's impossible. I don't know. A friend reminded me this morning that um she asked me how old my son was in a in a in a text and I thought, What? <laughs> what was that about? And I wrote back. And then she wrote back, Oh my God. That means it was twenty five years ago that we were downtown and she was talking about me and my son who was two, two or three years old. We were all downtown marching, protesting the outrage of a Wonderful young black man who had been killed for no reason. None. He was driving a car. He was pulled over by police. He had done nothing and then he was dead. That guy's name was Johnny Gamage. And man, that protest that demonstration was the largest i had ever seen in this city it was bigger than what was happened saturday it was huge so what did it do how many have died since johnny gamage Can we even, (sighs) hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. And those, the only ones we know are the ones where maybe somebody had a cell phone out or a camera or it was so egregious. How many of the cops that killed those black men have served one day in prison? Michael Vick has served more time in prison for killing a dog than hundreds and hundreds of police have served for killing black people. Why should any of us think that anything will change? We elected a black man as President of the United States, and my God, look what happened. The revulsion the white folks showed us what they think a
2: president should be. God,
1: this obscenity, You know, I've always said, and I'm going to say it again, I know Abraham Lincoln is looked at as the probably greatest president, certainly in the top two. But um, I think... I think his attempting to hold this so-called union together um, was not successful. The Civil War, it turns out, was just a, a battle, a big battle. And supposedly the good guys won it. But the good guys didn't win the war. And that war is still ongoing and has been. The Southern culture was not obliterated after the war, it was celebrated. The South was not really punished for its treason, the fact that people can still show, carry their, the confederate flag legally in this country is unbelievable. We should have crushed the South. We let it thrive. And now in my lifetime, it seems like the South governs this country. The power of so many of our leaders is the power of that Southern ethic and has been. (sighs) Don't ever think we won that war. Look what happened to black people after we supposedly emancipated them. Oh, yeah. Look what happened to them. We'll emancipate you and then you get to live in this thing called Jim Crow, where if you look sideways at one of us, we'll kill you, where you won't be able to educate your children or get anywhere in life, where you will live in constant terror. And that went on for what? Hundreds of years, 100 years well of after, we won that war. Jesus, H, and look now. You proud of this country? I feel such shame. I feel such shame and rage. We have a caller.
2: Hello. Good morning, Lynn. Hi. I'm, I'm not the African American that you were hoping to call, um, but um, I this takes me back a little bit to what um, I read. You know, David Cooper, you had him on your show. Gosh, i hell David long, Cooper but, was the
1: uh, police chief in Madison, Wisconsin, when I lived there in the uh, in the '70s. He was an amazing, amazing cop.
2: But listening to that interview, it, it gave for for some stupid reason at the time it gave me hope. Um, yeah, and I and and I went and I bought two of his his books, Arrested Development, and I sent one to um, a good friend of ours. She passed away six years ago, so we're like the the only family that her son has now. And he had just become a police officer in the suburb of New Jersey. And I sent it to him, and we would do like almost like an informal work study and go over it. And one of the things that David Cooper said was about the wonderful thing about America, and, and it just sounds like such a joke now. The wonderful thing about America is, is as a police officer, you serve and protect and you work for the people, where in many countries you work for the government in power. And, um, wow. And, and he said, and he, and he was, yeah. in a book, he, he talked about when there's a protest, the police aren't there to resist the protesters. The, the police are there to facilitate the, 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 the march. Right. or the, Right. Yes, because he says, you know, that's what our job is there. We want to make sure they, 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 they aren't inhibited. They don't get out of hand. But we want to help them do what they want to do in a very peaceful way. And I don't think I reached my friend's son. And, um, yeah, he's a, he's a young white kid, you know, Well, he's 32 now. And I think he's been there long enough where he's indoctrinated into the blue brotherhood, so to speak. You know, I've never understood
1: why, why was some, why, why does a young white guy want to be a cop? Okay. There can be two. It seems to me the two major reasons, it's sort of like a calling it would seem would be if you were like David Cooper the calling is to be able to serve and protect people and i can see a job like that attracting some of the best people imaginable can you imagine i can that will be my job to keep people safe to serve them to protect them to when they are fearful be able to arrive and be the you know the white knight and unfortunately i think The way policing in this country has, I don't know, evolved, it attracts bullies. It attracts loser bullies who want that badge and they want that gun so that they can use power over people. You know, we give – if you want to be a cop in this country, if you've been trained military, you get more points toward, you know, making the cut. So we also want warriors, warriors, people who've been trained as soldiers to kill. I mean, military are not law enforcement. Military is another job. That's about fighting. And I don't – I don't know. We are we are so far gone, and I, as somebody who has always proudly been a union supporter, I think one of the biggest problems in reforming our police, as any uh, reformist mayor will tell you, is the police unions. You can't
2: do it. It's not. You, you know, there's a bigger. I mean, the biggest problem is racism, okay? Um, Without a doubt. It's the the the,
1: problem. You know how people used to say, I'm sorry to interrupt you, you know, the answer to any, you know, you're wondering, why is that like that? Why is that like that? The answer is always money. Yeah, and the answer is always to racism. That's another answer that answers so many questions.
2: Uh, and and, and, and you're talking about the union, uh, the, the, the uh, police unions, because that's why our Pittsburgh police chief, you know, he he quit, he, he beat his head against the wall for three years, and he says, I can't beat them. And he he, well, he, he learned he,
1: actually... he learned from David Cooper. He was he was in David Cooper's Madison police force, and he brought that kind of policing here to Pittsburgh, and the cops ate him alive.
2: Yeah. But uh, when it comes to the, the, the real problem, it's not just the police. It is racism because the cops will get support um, from the community, from the white community on an overwhelming <clears throat> basis.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: And, um, and, and while I say your son is wrong in and saying all cops are bad, right, he has a good point. As well. His frustration in, is understandable yeah and one of the things I see in the industry I'm in is uh, I'm not in the union, but I work with a lot of the union guys in the construction, and they overwhelmingly support this president yeah. and yeah. and and guess what they're going to say it, he's he's going to keep the Mexicans from taking our jobs yeah and it's it's white guys, scared white guys and and that's what it comes down and I don't know how you beat that and, what, and I'm not talking about some. Old fuddy duddies like 70 years old who's no, I know you are not.
1: No, this idea okay. that somehow young men, young men. all these racists will age out and die that is such bull. No, no, white, that. there's I'm, so I'm, many I'm, white people, so many white people who just are living in terror right now that black people and brown people are growing in numbers and are going to take over. And they will lose their privilege. Whatever I don't know. Hey, I've got another caller and got to move on. Thank you for
2: okay, your call. Thank you. Bye.
1: Appreciate it. Bye. You're Bye. Bye. Hello, caller. Hello.
0: Hello. Hello? Yes, that's are that's you. How you doing? Hi. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Hey. Yeah, I, I'm. I've listened to um, a, lot, a lot of people say. Uh, what can we do? Or they'll say uh, they talk about the protest. And I guess um, I think you're right. This is a uh, this is a long, long struggle, and um, I think it's longer than many people thought it might be. Uh, and I think it's going to continue for some time. Uh, as we and I think that um, uh, well, I'll tell you. I'll give you a couple examples. Um, for us, for my family as African Americans, um, when our sons get they just purchase some new cars as they drive back to college, and what we do is we make sure the cameras were installed. And why do we do that? Well, many times people do that in order to um, have a document in case of an accident. Mm-hmm. Well, that may be one reason, but ours is in case they get pulled off by the wrong uh, law enforcement officer who didn't uh, miss that diversity briefing, and so we want to make sure. That uh, we, we, we have to do everything we can to to mitigate that. But the thing I think I'd like to explain is that this is our life. We 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 understand um, that we are going to have to navigate some very difficult territory. And so, what's the long game for us? The long game is that we will continue to try to rise to where we can be at positions of power to make a positive influence on society. That's the only thing. That's so, I mean, we a, a march or a um heartfelt Facebook post um maybe doesn't do it that, for, yeah it doesn't do anything really, does it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, no, it, it, it may maybe maybe passionate for some, a passionate move, but for someone who's newly initiated to the issue. But to me and to I think my family, those are mere conveniences. I mean yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. so what, what, really, what really matters is being able to be at the table in order to uh to influence the decision making and things like that. That and so that but, that takes time. So let me ask you
1: this, though. We had a black president for eight years. We had a black attorney general. We had, you know, we had even when black people rise to the highest levels, they cannot do enough to. I I mean this thing is so huge this racism it's so endemic I don't know I'm sorry that well, I, I I feel such despair I
0: don't I don't know is, and, and that's why you know it, it's so important for us to think about this you know as as you know being a, a former military guy retired military guy um when in the midst of the the, heat of the battle you need folks who have the cooler heads have to prevail and say, okay, what's the long game? Where, where are we headed with this? What, what, is, what, is, what is the objective? And so, yes, we had a president of color, but we had several who were not. Okay. So, so, <laughs> yeah. just because it won, just, so well, we had one and it well, yeah, yeah. but it, it, yeah. It, it, it takes time. And the other thing is that what about uh, the other parts of the, uh, of our, of our, uh, our, our parts of our parts of government? I mean, remember yeah. um you know, he had some some tough way he had. He, he was going into a uh, a strong headwind in, in, yeah. in, the, in the Senate against them. So so those things, So the ground game matters. The ground game of, of your local representatives and, and, and worrying about who goes into Congress matters. You just can't do it alone. And uh, people who are who are not people of color and are concerned, what can they do? Understanding that's important and being able to support that effort is really, really important. Those things are things that we can do. You can't do everything, but you can do something. And that's probably the key there. So I, I do believe there are more good, good people than bad. And I do think that um, there are times when you can win people over. But the, in order to do that, we have to be able to have a discussion like you're, you're having and be able to talk. And so I appreciate you, you uh, wanting to, to have a chat.
1: Oh gosh, I don't. Okay, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have your resilience. I I could not have your constant where you you pop back up. You know, like one of those things, those little toys you'd punch <laughs> and it pops back up. I just, I'd stay down. I I'd say, oh, well, uh, this just doesn't. Wow, I think me, maybe. Go, right.
0: go ahead, please. Give being at the chair, being at the, being in the, the seat of influence. Uh, uh, yes, just yesterday, I got a uh, a text from a general officer who had thought it was a great idea to give a picture of a plantation scene to a retiring general officer during a ceremony when I was on active duty. I I, what? I did everything in my power. yes 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 he thought it was a great idea and 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 I and I you know I did everything in my power to try to convince him that was not. A good image. It wasn't a good image of our military, and and I know you know he, he had reasons for why he wanted to do that, uh and 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 I and I tried to explain to him that that was not not helpful, so he did not you know but I was at a position, I was high enough in rank to be able to tell him that but you know this is a really bad idea, <laughs> so I'm telling mm-hmm. you here's all the reasons why it's a bad idea, but he went ahead and did it anyway. Well yeah the, the uh, yesterday I got a text from him asking for asking for my forgiveness for doing so, something like that.
2: And wow. and, I, and so so
0: I said, I, you know, and so I mean, I'm retired. He is, he is he, you know, he's still on. He's still on active duty. There's no reason for him to even bother to send me anything. Okay. But I think, you know, sometimes it takes, 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 takes a while. Now, it was late in coming, but I, at least it came. So, so, so you gotta, I mean, I, I feel as though if we just uh, give up, then I think I would, um, I would not have been ever been uh, a high ranking officer in the military. Because there are other wow. those other people before me who did not give up, and so right. you know we're you know here's the thing for America, we're not going anywhere <laughs> so we're so we're, gonna have, we're not going anywhere so, so we're going to have to find a way to work together and so I think that's and, and I think I think you know we're we're still to be honest with you, we're still a very young country, and so we have a long way to go, and there's a lot of pain, I know that, but you know what in a war there's always there's always casualties, and you know that too I don't want to be one of them. Okay. Nor do I want my kids to be one of them. I'm doing everything I can to, to to try to mitigate that. We even discuss about when they want to go run to stay stay in shape for oh. their their military training. They're going into the military uh, after college, so th- we we talk about that. We we talk strategically where to run, uh, and, and and you know we we talk about those things. Really, we do. But to us, that is carrying a phone with you when you're running is the same thing as making sure you have the right running shoes on. It, yeah. it's part of the gear you don't even think and so for those who are shocked about all this i go well you know, we've living this been living this for years and you know and my father and mother had it worse but yeah. because of what they went through i'm in a position to be able to do some things for my kids and so uh my, my view is we're about 20 years 20 years behind um, um white america in many ways as far as uh, trying to, uh, to realize some of the same things they are enjoying now, even as blue collar or, or, uh, middle class folks. It, it, I think about 20 years behind. And I think as the demographics continue to change, and, uh, I think that, uh, uh, over, over the long term, there will be some change. Um, and things will, will get better. Um, but I know that sounds like, you know, uh, doesn't sound, it sounds like, uh, rainbows and unicorns, folks. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is, is that I'm not uh, on a plantation, okay? I could tell a general, I think you got this wrong, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's important, you know? Okay. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Take
1: care. God Bye. bless. Bye. Oh, gosh. Uh, um. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna uh move on to d- does anyone remember there's like a a, a virus uh, afoot? foot? Uh yeah. Isn't this something? You thought nothing would knock uh you know, coronavirus off the off the news? I have to tell you because I started uh my career in journalism, I I just wanna take a second to um acknowledge the work that, uh, so many journalists are doing now. Um, you know, obviously some better than others, but they have, if they've had a minutes piece in the last three months, I don't know where, uh, in, in that regard, they have been on the front lines through this as well. And as we see, they are, uh, also, in some danger, often, doing their jobs, especially in an environment in which we have a president uh, who calls them the enemy of the people, and we have tens of millions of Americans who agree. Um, it's, it's bad. Uh, I came upon that word that I um, knew once and then forgot because you never use it. Uh it's uh and I'm not sure how to pronounce it. cacistocracy cacistocracy Um I'm it's too funny. It won't even open the de- it's the definition of cacistocracy is is government of the the most inept and worst humans. I mean it is uh, it is like a joke of governance. And I hate to tell you, but the United States is at present a cacistocracy. We're not a democracy, more than even an oligarchy. We are a CACistro- cacistocracy, not easy uh, to say. Um I, it's a big subject and I don't really have time to go into it, but as to who the, um, the provocateurs are that are, uh, that are making many of these, uh, peaceful protests, uh, turn violent. Um, they are not the protest organizers and they are not the vast majority of people who have vast majority of people who have come out. You now have the president and a lot of cops saying it's uh, the leftists and PIFA, the anti-fascists, those anarchy, you know, idiots in their uh, Guy Fawkes masks and all that kind of stuff. They drive me insane. They are... In, he's going to make them a terrorist organization? Have you ever heard of I mean, ha, hey, how about make the KKK a terrorist organization first? How about making some of the police departments in this country a terrorist organization first? How about all those white nationalist organizations? How about that? How about the NRA being a terrorist organization before these pimply-faced uh, you know, little white boys at play Antifa. Tifa. Yeah, maybe there's one or two of those idiots who never miss a chance to take a uh, protest and try to have some fun, which invariably has to do with bro- breaking windows and making chaos. That's what they like. But that is not the major player here. It is white nationalists who are totally more organized, a totally bigger threat to this country. They want and are very open about it. They want to foment a race war in this country. And man, does this look like a golden opportunity to them. So it is racists who are trying to make these things go south. Of course. And you know who else it is? Vladimir Putin's boys. Yeah. Make no mistake about that. They are always at work here trying to destabilize things. They're at work on social media, trying to always make things worse, spreading lies, getting certain folks riled up. And if you think they are not working overtime right now with this gift to them, then. You're nuts. But Antifa, I don't think so. Um, the Minnesota governor, uh, I think, announced last night, and I haven't seen much about this, that their state computers were uh, hit by a major cyber attack. Um I'll tell you that sounds Russian. That's the kind of thing Russia would do in a situation like this. They have the capacity. Uh we know they've been fooling around in the in in all of our states computer systems, voting records, stuff like that. So make no mistake, they see this as a great opportunity and you've got uh Uh, Vladimir Putin, who is uh, Trump's main guy. And as Vladimir Putin and his folks are trying to make this American crisis worse and divide us more, you have, of course, his puppet in the White House, Donald Trump, actually saying he wants to invite Russia back into the G7. He can't do it by himself, but he is now openly saying, I want my guy Putin with me. There is a Manchurian candidate in the White House, a successful Manchurian candidate, a useful idiot, a fool, a coward. Hiding in his bunker when any president, any president would be up and out, would be trying to unite, but he can't, he's incapable of it. Even if they write him a speech, God forbid, uh, he has to deliver it. Nobody would believe a word he says if somebody wrote him the kind of speech he should give. Anything he says when they finally get him out of his fetal position and maybe get him in front of a camera again will be to, again, distract and lie, pin it on those pimply-faced little anarchist boys and not the heavily armed white supremacist types who are his base. I don't know. I don't know. So, I guess that's it for me. I'm having some computer difficulties here. Uh, otherwise, I would share more. It's refusing to let me open anything for some reason. So, uh, I'm sorry. I don't have all the information I thought I would have at my disposal. And uh, leaving it to my my failing Memory is, uh, not good. And anyway, we've been together for a little over an hour. Uh, so I think that will do it, uh, for today. And, uh, God help us. That's all I can say. God help us. Talk to you tomorrow.